0: Chapter 2 At the challenge, Urolf stiffened, and for a moment it seemed as though there might be a fight. But looking past the guard, he called out, Lord Urolf of Isle of Kentolin greets Lord Leoftor of the Lakelands and bids him a civil good day no request for permission to cross Laokhto's domain, no account of where he was going, or on what business he was engaged. Now this was rude, as Uruf well knew, and Laokhto could quite easily have risen to the slight. But he, for his part, well knew what a secretive and prideful folk Yulkinta were, and he was so intrigued to meet some that he merely raised his hand in salute and nudged his horse forward. "'You have journeyed far, my good lord, Eurolf. "'If you so desire, "'you are right welcome to ride back with us to Scandibar "'to feast and rest a while.' "'Normally,' Uralf would have refused this invitation to visit Penlangos lake citadel, but, glancing to the ladies on either side of L'Octur, he paused. The nearer one eyed him, taking his measure, and in that moment Uralf recalled his fleeting vision. Pale face, dark hair spilling out from under the hood. Those eyes, though, were not soft at all, or appealing, but shrewd, even challenging. No, not the eyes in his vision. Now Joralf looked to Leotor's other father companion, and there they were, for a moment full on him. Then she turned away, pulling down her hood. Urof nodded. Hmm. We accept your gracious invitation. As Urof rode up to join leochtor the Lake Lord gestured to the lady at his right. Lord Urof, this is the Lady Nasida, my wife. Nasida dipped her head, eyes still on him. Yurov saluted in Yulkinta fashion, clasping his fists to his chest. My lady. And this, Leorto went on, gesturing now to the companion on his left, is the lady Leona, my wife's sister. Leona. Le-a-na. closed his eyes, savouring the sound. Then, once again, he saluted. My lady. Leona bowed her head, making her dark eyes seem larger, even mysterious, under the shadow of her hood. Now... Whether it was that look, or the slow blush that once again suffused her face, or some magic dust drifting on the wind, in that moment, as Bala had predicted, Yurov lost all power of choice, and the wit to know it. Riding between Leotor and Leona, Urolf conversed with the one, while wholly focused on the silent other. After exchanging some pleasantries with Leoctor, Urolf leaned toward Leona. May I ask, my lady, do you also visit Scandibar? A quick turn of the head, a meeting of the eyes. Then Leona viewed the way ahead again, giving Urov nothing save the side of her hood. No, my lord, Scandibar is my home. A young voice, high and clear. Leona has lived there this year past, since their mother died, Leotor cut in to Eurolf's great vexation. Yurof, being Julkinta and well-used to absent parents, didn't think to ask about the father, but Leotor went on anyway. Sad to say, their father died long ago, so Leona is now alone in the world, except for Nazida, and me. Since it is considered unseemly for an unwed maid to live by herself, she left the family estate on our advice and came to us. Tell me, my lady, Yurov said, turning again to Leona, what can you find to do in a lake citadel? Leona loves music. Leokhto again before Leona could draw breath. She plays the harp beautifully and dances well. Leona smiled. I also walk, though not far, or I would end up in the lake. Euro smiled back in token of her small jest. I love to walk, especially in my woods. Perhaps we could tread them together some day. Eurolf stayed the night in Skandibar, then the next, and the next. Days stretched into weeks. Unable to take his leave, he hunted in Laotter's forests for both fox and deer, at night, he sat beside Leona feasting at high table, while bards sang, jugglers juggled, and conjurers performed their cunning tricks. After the feasting, he retired with leochtor and a favoured few to the Lake Lord's private salon. There, at leochtor's request, Leona sat and played her harp. Eurylf watched Leona at that massive silver instrument, admiring her shapely arms, her supple fingers, thinking, how delicate, yet how strong, to pull such full, rich sounds from such a big contraption. He then resolved, quite without thinking, to have his smiths create such a harp only of solid gold, and much more intricately fashioned than any by mere human hand. Thus he lingered in Leoctor's halls, and what a stir he made, for no Yulkinter had ever before been entertained in Scandibar. Curbing his customary brisk arrogance. He charmed them all with compliments and courtly eloquence, showing off his knowledge of the common tongue on his best behaviour to impress Leona and win her favour. Impress her he did. She, who rarely left Penlangoff, had never met such a man. Not that she lacked suitors. But these were all Lakeland hopefuls who came and went like beans from the self-same pod. Though custom prevented their ever being alone together and barred her from professing her liking for him outright, Leona managed to convey to Yurov by encouraging looks and an occasional touch how much his company pleased her. Leona told of her childhood, of loving parents, and grief at losing them. "'I envy you, my lord, that your parents will remain with you for ever.' "'Then you waste your envy, my lady, for both my parents have passed on.' "'Leona looked to him, startled.' thinking him to mean that they had died. She longed to ask him how, their race being immortal, but something in the way he said it made her bite her tongue. From then on, though, she felt an extra bond with him, Often, as they both were, to her mind, at least, Knows how long Urolf might have stayed there, had not his chief scout one bright morning brought him upright with a bump. My lord, we should have crossed the wilds homeward three days since. Lord Thrulva will soon be wondering what has happened to delay us. For a moment, Eurof looked to explode. But then he sighed. You are right, Galvar. We shall return to Isleth Cantalin tomorrow. We shall not be fetching the Seto, my lord. Euroth frowned. Seto? Oh, the Seto. I shall come back for it presently. He went to find Leoftor. My lord, I must go home tomorrow, but before I leave, I would speak on a weighty matter. He walked to the window. I would make the Lady Leona my wife. What say you? Leorto eyed Yurov gravely. Nay, you must ask Leona. I suspect, he added, cocking his eye, that her response will be quite favourable. But, he went on, serious again, there are other matters to consider, such as there are many humans. There are many humans, and Julkinta also, I would imagine, who might not look well on such a bonding. Yurov held his tongue now, all too aware of what Trulva would say of this intended match. There are suitors who have already asked for Lyanna's hand and are awaiting her response. "'treaties of trade and land that rest on that. "'But, my people, then there is the matter of hadari. "'Without general consent, Leona would not be awarded one. "'That will not be necessary, without which she could not, would not, marry you. "'So great would be her shame.' Yurov paced back and forth, in a fury at being so spoken to by this mortal, yet unable to betray his anger by even an eye-blink. At last he stopped still. After Leanne says yes, what then? Leo nodded briskly. Then we move to win folk over. If we move with all speed, a marriage might take place when? A pause. Two years. Two years! It is our custom with all important marriages. Also, since Lakeland brides are wed well at home, the marriage must take place here. Here? That is not! You can always have a second wedding in your woodlands. But even if you go to her now, and she accepts you, Ural's eyes flashed. If! There can be no official talk of it, I'd say, for at least a year. Ural clenched his fists, rage surging through again. Such gross. "'Insult! These petty humans to treat a kinter so! "'Nay, they're very ruler!' "'Then he thought of Leona, and once more held his tongue. "'Letting forth a hard, deep breath, he clasped his hands. "'I'll go find Leona now.' (laughs)